This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Today's show is brought to you by TeePublic. Visit the Animaniacast TeePublic store by going to tpublic.animaniacast.com. Stay tuned to today's episode for a special offer from TeePublic. And welcome everybody to another episode of the Animaniacast. me a best friend, a buddy, a compadre, someone I can talk to rabbit to rabbit. A girl? Welcome to the 90s. And welcome, everybody, to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that talks exclusively about the animated series, Animaniacs, and we talk about nothing else. Today, we are talking about an episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, never mind. We're going to revisit all the cultural references and gags, and in the end, we're going to give this episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again from California, it's my brother Nathan. I'm a swashbuckler. Hoo, ha, ha, parry, thrust, dodge. <laughs> and joining us across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> well, hello, uh, everybody. Once again, today is uh, certainly a, a, a new chapter in our uh, series of podcasts. Uh, we're not just talking about Animaniacs anymore. We're going to be talking about uh, Tiny Toon Adventures this week. And soon we're going to be talking about episodes of Pinky and the Brain, and then Freakazoid, and then looping back to Tiny Toon Adventures again. Uh, we're going to start off with the pilot episodes of Tiny Toons, and then the pilot episode of Pinky and the Brain, and the pilot of Freakazoid. And then kind of. I'm, I'm lost. I. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we're leapfrogging through the timeline, as it were, right? <laughs> sure. Going through all the sequels and the prequels and the spinoffs. And the print uh, And the print-offs? <laughs> okay, print. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so today we're talking about the pilot episode of Tiny Toons, The Looney Beginning, Episode 1. And speaking of episodes, I should probably mention that... Um, Today's episode, uh, for those of you who are really concerned about it, we used to go by episode like, uh, gosh, what did we used to say? We used to say this is episode 100 of the Animani cast and episode 101. And we're, actually, we're not we're not doing 101. We never did 101. Yeah, we never did. <laughs> but today we're just going off to the actual real episode, as in podcast episode number on the uh, the notes. So in case you're in case you're concerned, just so we keep everybody on the same page, um, yeah, we're I don't know exactly without looking at the our actual count, but we're somewhere in the one thirties actually, I believe, which which really says we've had a quite few uh, 
special episodes over the over the years. A third of our episodes <laughs> have been not talking about the episodes themselves. Well, I guess that's kind of cool, actually. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of the first episode. Um, before we do, let's go ahead and just talk about Tiny Toons in general. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Kelly, because other than me, you probably remember the most about Tiny Toons, Nathan being so young when it first came out. <laughs> so young. <laughs> um, but uh, Kelly, tell us, when did you first, uh, what are your first memories of Tiny Toons? Do you remember when you first discovered it? Stuff like that. No. Um, <laughs> that was a really long time ago. I um, I mostly watched the Disney Afternoon, um, so I'm not really sure when I started watching Tiny Toons. Um because I, I don't think I started from the beginning or anything. I don't remember when it first premiered like I do with Animaniacs. So um, I caught it at some point and then started watching it. And then uh, when Animaniacs began, it, it, you know, I had the whole hour where I would watch both or, or record them. Um, you know, if I wasn't going to be home in time for school or if I was working or something like that. So... Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't remember the beginning for for Tiny Toons. You do not remember the loony beginning. Oh, nope. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't even remember this episode. I don't. Oh, know. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wow. feel like they showed this episode in syndication a bit, so I oh, feel I, like I've seen it. Oh, I. Yeah, I don't know how I've missed it. Well, I remember this episode quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, I, I've seen this episode. In fact, we'll talk more about it. But when they came to that song, I remember. Um, saying with my brothers a very different lyric that was very immature. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do because it was. <laughs> I chuckled. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, I do remember. I don't. When when did I first discover Tiny Toons? Um, I'm not absolutely sure if I started watching it uh, from its very premiere or not. I think I might have. Um, I just remember I used to just watch, you know, cartoons every day uh, before and definitely after school. Uh, it was just, you know, what you did. You got home from school, you turned on the TV, and you saw what was on. And so, in this case, you know, hey, Tiny Toon Adventure? Sure, why not? And this was, I just remember being such a different show than other <laughs> cartoon series out there. Number one, it was something that my dad could watch. And actually laugh at. It was uh, not a lot of cartoon sh series at that time were actually something my dad would actually sit down and watch with us. Because a lot of the Saturday morning stuff wasn't that great. Uh, and so to have a week... Yeah, like Care Bears or something? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I could even watch Care Bears. <laughs> that was a little too saccharine uh, sweet for me. Anyway. Yeah, I love Care Bears. Well, you know, to each his own. I liked, I will say this, as much as I didn't like the Care Bears that much, I watched the movies all the time. Like, I knew the plots back, backwards and forwards of, like, uh, the different movies. Like, there's the one where they, they, there's one where they go to the circus, I know, and I like that lion one. You know, you know the you know the, the Care Bear cousin I'm talking about, right? Lionheart? Yeah, yeah. Lionheart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do know my Care Bears. I'm just not a huge fan of those. Um, anyway, <laughs> but Nathan... Uh, what do you what do you remember about Tiny Toons in general? 
I mean, I just remember growing up with it, I guess. You know, I was like three when it first premiered, so I don't don't remember the first premiere, obviously. <laughs> we had the but, plush uh, dolls. Yeah, yeah. I just remember it was a really fun show because it, it was just having the original Looney Tunes in it. It kind of confused me as a kid going like, whoa, is it? and these are like, for me, you know, these, I don't know. <laughs> it was just, it, it worked. You know, I re- related to the characters because they were younger and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a little shocked today to, to find out that Babs is 14 years old. Um, and I was like, really? Babs is 14? For some reason, I always thought she was, because I think I started watching the show when I was, let me see, it came out, when did it, this premiere? This premiered in... It, 1990. Okay, so... Do you want me to give you the date? Yeah, give, give us the date here. Friday, September 14th, 1990. <laughs> I was looking at the dates, and I, I think I started... I didn't start watching Tiny Toons until it was in syndication, which was in 92, which was also about the same time Batman the Animated Series began. Okay. And I feel like I watched the two of them kind of back-to-back. All right, all right. Yeah, I definitely watch. Remember watching Batman uh, with this. Now, did, I I totally forget. Did, did was Tiny Toons originally? Because this original episode premiered on CBS. Um, do we have anything in our notes that says anything about them uh, being like shown on CBS as a like a Saturday morning series at first or anything? No. Um, the oh. uh, Wikipedia says it, the pilot only was released on CBS. And um, syndication was 1990 to 1992. Okay. And then Fox Kids, which is when I, I would have probably caught it, was 92 to 95. Okay, because I seem to remember it being on syndicated. Like, I okay, now it's starting to... I love these discussions because I think my memories start to come back to me vaguely. I believe Tiny Toons, when I first started watching it, was on Channel 18 in Tucson, Arizona. And it was one of the UHF stations. And <laughs> I would watch it on that. And then it moved over to Channel 11, which was Fox Kids. Now it's coming back to me. So, ta-da, memories. They're coming back. Uh, so, yeah. So, Tiny Toon Adventures, I remember from basically the beginning. And it would be something I'd watch. And, my gosh, I was 11 years old when this show first came out. So, I... I'm uh, a little shocked that Babs Bunny is a little older than me. Well, she's ageless, as we all know. But what about the theme song, Kelly? What are, what are your thoughts about this this theme song? Which I counted the the seconds. It's exactly sixty seconds long. Which I was like, wow, mathematically, that's just the perfect <laughs> length. <laughs> so I was watching the episode of my car at lunch today um, on my lunch break. And I started playing it, and I immediately began singing along with the song. And then I looked around to make sure nobody was seeing me in my car singing along to the song. Um, and they weren't. But, uh, yeah, I love I love the theme song. And apparently, even though it's been a really long time since I've seen any Tiny Toons, I remember all the lyrics. <laughs> me too. I was very, I was very <laughs> impressed with myself. We're tiny. We're toony. We're all a little loony. Although there was one part in the show, in the song, that I could never quite understand what it was saying, um, because it was the, it's the lines that Plucky sings. 
yeah. the scripts are rejected, <laughs> expect the unexpected. And just with, you know, Plucky's lisp, uh, I could never really under understand what he was saying. Other, it looks still, it still looked funny because Plucky's big head pops out of the typewriter, which whatever. Uh, Nathan, uh, any thoughts about this? Uh, our theme song. It's just the perfect theme song. I don't know. It's it's a really wonderful theme song. So um, very catchy. I always love how it it. I know we talked to, about it a bit with uh, when Tom Ruger was first on our show, and it really does fit that format that he has in his theme songs which is you introduce the series characters to the kids in a funny mm-hmm. and, you know, catchy way. And whether it's your first episode or your 50th episode, you know who the characters are, you know, even when they don't even appear in that episode, you're kind of like, Ooh, is Plucky going to appear in this one? You know, or, or, or whomever, because mm-hmm. there's so many, there are so many characters in uh, tiny tunes. It's like Animaniacs times five, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Kelly, we were talking a little bit about it uh, last week, but they're making these tiny tune adventures, keychains um, in blind packaging from kid robot. And those mm-hmm. will be coming out next month. And they're coming out with figures that are obscure tiny tune characters too, like bookworm and barky malarkey and, and uh, not just Buster and Babs and everything. So I was just, but they have a they have a big catalog of characters to pull from. So they have a bunch of um, Fraggle Rock characters too, including a bunch of Doozers. I saw those. I was Super like, excited. <laughs> Cotterpin Doozers, my favorite. <laughs> All right, Kid Robot. Well, you send over any Doozers or Fraggles or Tiny Tunes or Animaniacs, and we'll make sure to give them a nice review here on the Animaniacast. Just saying, just saying. If you're listening, yes. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion here of episode one from season one of Tiny Toons, The Looney Beginning. And The Looney Beginning was written by Paul Dini and Sherry Stoner. It was directed by Glenn Kennedy, Dave Marshall, Ken Boyer, and Rich Ahrens. And, uh, you know, although it's, uh, you know, this is actually the 48th episode produced for Tiny Toons. However, it was the first one actually shown. So what do you think of when you see the words Paul Dini, Kelly, if you think the same thing I'm thinking of? Harley Quinn and Batman series. Yep. (laughs) That's the first thing I think of is Harley Quinn. Uh, Paul Dini and, of course, Bruce Timm worked uh in the animated series of batman and harley quinn was uh i think credited uh really to paul dini uh for creating that incredibly popular character who's you know continued to grow and become popular over the years um i just saw a girl dressed as harley quinn walking down the street the other day and there was no comic oh, wow. and there was no comic con or anything like that going on too <laughs> i was just going Okay, this girl. I think there's a comic shop in the area, but I don't know if she was even walking towards that area, but whatever. Mm. Goes to show you, just Harley Quinns are everywhere, even on the street, just walking around. Nathan, why don't you tell us, when did this episode first premiere? I already told... No, okay, well, it premiered on Friday, September 14th, 1990, um, which was uh, just one day after Dick Wolf's uh, premiered the first episode of Law & Order on NBC. Boom, boom. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> it was the same day that Jean-Claude Van Damme started the movie Death Warrant. And uh, it was just a few days before the release of a uh, future inspiration for the Animaniacs uh, segment, uh, The Goodfellas. Oh, all right. Very interesting. So there we go. We got the, t- we got the connection to uh, Animaniacs right there. From- yeah, we mentioned it. So we're, we're okay with calling this show Animaniacast. It's okay. <laughs> well, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in the first part of uh, episode one? Well, we see uh, Daffy Duck, and he's pitching a new film, Honey, I Shrunk the Laundry, to Warner Brothers Studios. And they don't like it, so they kick him off the property. And then we see Bugs Bunny next to his large rabbit-shaped pool. And he talks about how he agreed to narrate Tiny Toon Adventures um, as long as he's paid well. But he doesn't take checks. He wants carrots. So you see them dump a whole bunch of carrots onto him. And uh, the animators at Warner Brothers are trying to come up with a new show. And one of the animators is staying late, trying to come up with ideas. Um, He's been threatened that he'll lose his job if he doesn't come up with anything by the next morning. And uh, he draws a little cute bunny rabbit it's so adorable and somehow magically sounds like sneezer <laughs> <laughs> golly gee whiz i'm not just the cutest thing you ever saw uh-huh, uh-huh, i sure am i'll go to your house and i'll live forever and ever and ever and you'll never ever ever get tired of me and i'll go hippity hop hippity hop right straight into your heart Ooh, that thing will give people cavities i love everybody and all which reminds me of a Sailor Moon episode where one of the villains says, that's so sweet, I'm getting cavities in the American version. <laughs> so that made me think of that, because um, apparently that, that's used in cartoons a lot. <laughs> um, and then he draws a really tough-looking rabbit that looks like Rambo, and uh, that caught my attention because I used to have a dog named Rambo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To fry you insignificant slug. Then he creates Buster Bunny. He starts by drawing him, and then he adds some color, and it's weird colors like lime green and pink, and Buster doesn't like that. So then he, he gets the blue, and then so they can get past the network sensors, they add. Cleads clothes, um, which is just a shirt. I mean, he's still not wearing pants, so I don't <laughs> know how that gets by it. But um, he uh, he gets drawn a shirt, and then he wants a, a buddy, and the animator draws Babs. And he's like, what? It, that's a girl. And Babs says, welcome to the 90s. <laughs> and uh, she starts doing a bunch of impressions. Um Glenda the Good Witch, and then then she does Dolly Parton, and she says, I'm busting out all over. <laughs> and I was like, how did that get past the censors? Because um, while she's saying that, her chest gets rather large. Her bust her and, bust is busting out all over. Really. I know, right? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then she's uh, Jessica Rabbit. So, which voice do you like? I like them all. How do you do that? It's a girl thing. They uh, jump off the page, and 
kissed the animator, and he's like, no, 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 no. And um, he crumples up the paper and throws it in the trash basket and uh, leaves. All right. And uh, Buster and Babs are left to try to figure out what to do next. Um, well, there are some references right here in this uh, in this first part, in case you couldn't tell. A lot of them come from Babs, because Babs, you know, as soon as she comes out, she's, you know, giving references to many different things. She really shows she's very good at impressions. But even before that, uh, Buster is, you know, do, doing some uh, allusions to Ted Turner being, col- you know, when he's colorized all weird. Whoa! Who are you, Ted Turner? Ted Turner... Uh, used to be the head of, well, you know, it still used to be head of like TBS and TNT and CNN. We know him in Atlanta. Oh yes, that's very true. I, how, <laughs> how, how how could I forget? Ted Turner was criticized by many because in the '80s and into the '90s, he would take uh, black and white films and colorize them so we could make them new and right, and people would love that. And sometimes. <laughs> People come out with really pink skin, and just it would look weird. I think they've do- they've gotten a lot better at colorization uh, now. Like I know there's a film that Peter Jackson produced or directed about World War One um, that's out, and I heard that is just a, you know fantastic colorization. But at the time, um, yeah, Ted Turner, <laughs> well, we'll call him an innovator. He was going, he was doing it before anybody else was. Um, actually, the I think we talked about it a little bit on the show, but I know that um, one of the shows that one of the movies I should say that he uh, purchased the rights to was uh, The Wizard of Oz, and he even colorized the beginning of that from a true black and white uh, film to kind of a sepia tone, which I think is still the version they show today. Uh, hmm. Just so as you know. Um, anyway, yeah, because I used to watch Wizard of Oz when it would. Come on CBS every year before he purchased the rights. Because he purchased the rights to Go on the Wind, too. And that was like the first movie he showed on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. Well, and well, speaking of and Wizard of Oz, you know, of course, like you mentioned, Babs does the Glenda the Good Witch impression and then does her Dolly Parton. And she says, busting out all over, that could be a reference to. Um, the musical carousel, you know, they sing that song, June is busting out all over. Um, I saw, the, I, don't think so. I saw the musical carousel and I'm sorry. That's the only thing I could remember from that musical was this, that song, but <laughs> I'm going to say it's the connection just because that song is crazy. <laughs> um, I will tell you one thing when she does her Jessica rabbit impression slash Kathleen Turner impression. She says, uh, or maybe a bit more bunny heat. And that is a reference to the movie Body Heat from, I believe it was 1981. Kathleen Turner was in a movie called Body Heat. And That's Lawrence Kasdan, right? Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan, exactly. Lawrence Kasdan, who uh, I think he, I think he, I don't know if he wrote it or wrote and directed it, but. Um, he directed it. Yeah. But I- be wrong. I, I met Lawrence. Ka- well, I didn't meet him. I was at a, a talk he gave at um, here in Atlanta a few years ago, and I um, 
I haven't seen it. I just I, I remember them talking about it quite a bit, but I think he directed it. So I don't know much about the movie Body Heat, but I did look it up online last night, and William Hurt is in this uh, movie, and there's a scene where he throws a a chair through a glass door as Kathleen Turner is just looking at him longingly. It's a thriller. I think it's called a... Yes, it's a 1981 American neo-noir erotic thriller film written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. So I'm surprised I haven't seen it. Sounds amazing. Well, there you go. <laughs> Check it out. It is it is uh, intense. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So check it out, folks, if you're over the age of 17, because I can almost guarantee you this movie is rated R at least. So, um, And, of course, at the very end, when they jump out of the trash can, they uh, say Roger Rabbit, in case you couldn't uh, tell who that was. That poor guy is throwing his career away. Not to mention ours. Requesting clearance for landing. Roger Rabbit. You've got the wrong money. Darn! I'm 14 and I already have wrinkles. Well, we learn at the very begin at the very end of this scene that the uh, show was made for big guys, little guys, and even the medium guys with bad haircuts. So I'm glad that uh, it's meant for, well, at least for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Nathan, uh, what were some of the parts that you liked in this first part? Um, I I uh, like the whole drawing thing, the whole. It, you know, the whole duck a muck kind of feel to it was, it was, uh, I liked it a lot and it was funny and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I wonder if he was originally going to be writing a show about Montana Max as the protagonist. Is that yeah, what his, like little Monty? Like that was his actual. Yeah. Yeah. He was, which when Montana Max is later released in this episode, he refers to that animator promised me my own TV show. And, um, right. and so yeah, a, a millionaire, like, he was going to make it, like, instead of Richie Rich, it was going to be about Montana Max, the millionaire kid, I guess. And, uh, boy, what a horrible show that would be, actually. <laughs> it's a good thing good thing that didn't happen. Um, Kelly, what about you? Any any parts that really stood out that you particularly liked in this uh, first part? I thought uh, Bab's impressions were, were pretty funny. Yeah. Which, you know, we've already talked about him, but... Uh, but I, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, Babs became like a, a very likable character. I think from the the moment she's put on screen. We'll create the show ourselves for everyone who loves tunes, for the little guys, for the big guys, for the strange medium guys with bad haircuts. I like this kid. He's got moxie. But Buster, it takes dozens of highly paid network executives years to come up with a TV show. Which means it should take us uh, about as long as this next commercial break. Exactly. This is the Tiny Toon Adventures Institute of Cartoon Learning. Acme University. Where Tiny Toons receive their toon education. It's like totally time for your voice class, Ken. Where everything's possible, anything can happen. Let's do lunch. But fun always comes first. Real grade A material. As Steven Spielberg presents Tiny Toon Adventures. 
The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Swar and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on RetroZap.com. Part of the RetroZap Network. Shirts, y'all of them. Chances are you're probably wearing at least one of them right now. So in many ways, shirts are an absolute necessity. And what about Animaniacs? You love them too? Chances are you're probably listening to a podcast that's dedicated to Animaniacs right now. So in many ways, Animaniacs is also an absolute necessity. Well, with that in mind, Today's show is brought to you by our Animaniacast Tee Public store, tpublic.animaniacast.com. And there is going to be a huge sale starting on Wednesday, March 20th. It's going to go until Sunday, March 24th, 2019. And all shirts are going to be just $13. That's cheaper than they've ever been before. There's some fantastic Animaniac shirts and designs created by independent artists, plus some other awesome designs featuring Tiny Toons, Freakazoid, and Pinky in the Brain, with a few other designs thrown in there as well, which have been hand-picked by the hosts of this show. Each purchase you make at our Tee Public store benefits an independent artist, as well as this podcast. So head on over there on March 20th to get some great deals on some amazing designs. You could put the design on a shirt, a sticker, a mug, a cell phone case, and much more. Just go on over to tpublic.animaniacast.com to check them out. That's tpublic.animaniacast.com. What happens here after our commercial break? Okay, so we come back and the Buster and Babs are working on the script. Um... Uh, and uh, I guess Babs is pretending to be a racer head, <laughs> so she's not really helping. La la la, I'm a racer head. La la la, <laughs> la 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 la. Um, and uh, Buster has figured out what he needs for a hit show, but they decide to do Tiny Tunes instead. <laughs> so, uh, they uh, all they need to do is uh, create Acme Acres, so they do that. Buster creates a whole uh, city and then they hold auditions um hampton's the first one up we find out that he's basically a straight man he's a pig he's kind of like porky the pig if you don't know who hampton is anyway (laughs) (laughs) um and then we uh we meet a bunch of other people um uh like gogo comes in i guess next um and then um then they just decide to let everyone through basically and then Plucky's like, hey, you can't do the show without me. And it's like, they just let everyone in, Plucky. You just... but <laughs> you anyway, didn't hear the announcement. <laughs> I guess so. I am Plucky Duck. Am I resume? I'm a swashbuckler. Ha-ha! Harry, Thrush, Vaughn! Superhero? Up, up, and up some more! Um, uh, they decide to let Plucky in as well as a sidekick and he's like i should be 
you know, a leading man. Hampton's the sidekick. And remember who Hampton is. He's the pig. <laughs> so we bring him back in. Um, and so anyways, Plucky's in. Um, and now Buster and Babs, they just need to find, um, you know, a villain. So they need, you know, some antagonists. They have the protagonists. They have the stars, Buster and Babs. And they have a bunch of sidekicks. Um, luckily there's a, uh, a box that says like danger, stay out, go away. And this is all, you know, bad guys and these, they open it up and a bunch of like villains from like, I guess, Looney Tunes in general. I, I don't know. Some of them are some, I don't, I don't think they're from Looney Tunes in general, but a lot of these characters that they do release are featured in future episodes of Tiny oh, Tunes. Okay. Um, so they do make it on the show. Yes, many of them do. <laughs> Not all of them, I don't think, but many of them do. Okay, um, but then uh, uh, after that, uh, the leftovers are in the uh, the thing, and like they're making fun of it. Out comes Dizzy Devil. Come back, you spinny purpley puppy thing! <laughs> Dizzy, out of here! And then Montana Max comes out and says, hey, where's that animator that promised me that show? And then Baz is like, hey, he went that away. He can't do this to me. I'm rich. I'll sue. He'll never work in this town again. They, they decide they have everything they need. Uh, it's been writing the script. He's finished writing the scripts. And then Montana Max comes back and uh, knocks him over with a golf club and uh, steals all the scripts, I guess. And then... Uh, they 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 they're doomed, and it goes to commercial break. And I, I guess that's that's pretty much everything. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought this one did a nice job of showing the you know kids at home the things that they need for a good TV show, such as lots of different funny characters and the purposes of those characters, like a straight man and a co you know a, a, a sidekick and mm-hmm. enemy and enemies. You know, like uh, you need you need conflict in your story. So. I thought yeah. that was a, a cute way of doing it. I would not. I would never consider Elmira an, a, an enemy, though. Like she, like a villain. You know what I mean? She's an antagonist. She's though. definitely an antagonist, but yeah. I would not lock her up. I mean, the only one that was true, I think, is kind of. And of course, as the series goes on, even Montana Max is kind of a softy at some points. But um, the only one that's kind of mean, mean is really montana max and even dizzy devil even though he tries to eat like babs and stuff in a episode or two even he's not that bad too but anyway yeah it seems like like almost furball would be in the same realm of yeah because he's trying to eat the and speaking of furball let's talk about that real quick because furball and uh sweetie bird i believe her name is are in this sort of kind of or at least they were uh um, they are, <laughs> they are, uh, they have a whole little scene where they're talking about who they are, or at least Sweetie Bird does, uh, Furball doesn't really talk, but Sweetie talks about who she is and she gets to hit, uh, cats on the head. Well, anyway, this scene is not featured in the syndicated versions of this episode and yeah, it is, it's not on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> it is, however, included in my version of the show which is the DVD, 
and it can be found as well on the iTunes versions that you can purchase. So I'll play a little bit of the audio right here so you folks out there can listen to it. Birdie who is always being chased by that mean old furball. Leave me alone, you nasty, vicious predator! That's what this show needs. More heart. You're in! When it comes to cultural references, there's just a, a few real quick. Um, like Nathan was saying, there was Babs doing a, a racerhead impression, but it wasn't just that. It was like Pee Wee Herman saying, I'm a racerhead. Um, so you get a double thing, which at the time I had no idea what a racer head was. I didn't know what a racer head was until I think I was in high school at the very least. Um, have you have either of you seen the David Lynch weird movie Eraserhead? No. No. Oh, <laughs> I've seen the movie several times, and um, yeah, I even saw a version of it in college that was on a. a scratchy vhs tape that looked like it was from the ring and it was a very creepy because the movie's black and white and already very weird and creepy but it was on a scratchy vhs and then it had korean subtitles throughout the entire thing so probably the best version i've ever seen <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that in college and uh uh just me and my buddy jason uh just sitting in a dark <laughs> my dark duplex just drinking a few beers and getting really creeped out by the whole movie uh so a razor head <laughs> watch it with your kids um not really <laughs> uh, uh so another one is green acres he wanted to call buster said let's call it green acres uh and of course bab says no uh green acres i never really liked the show that much it was on nick at night i know growing up uh with uh eva gabor um yeah, Green Acres. Did y'all notice, though, when they were trying to figure out what to name the place, Acme Acres was already written on the map? I did. <laughs> I did. I, I think that Buster probably should have just read what it already said. Um, would have helped him a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Babs did a, a quick church lady impression right there, I believe, with, isn't that convenient? Audition today. Well, isn't that convenient? Yeah, that's where I thought it was from too okay good i was like i think that's church lady i don't think that comes from anybody else but church lady from saturday night live dana carvey how convenient we're getting good early 90s references here anything stand out for you guys in this uh second part here uh kelly anything that you particularly liked that made you laugh i thought the peewee herman reference was funny um i loved peewee's playhouse when i was a kid and um oh and peewee's big adventure oh I yes i almost quote the whole movie verbatim oh. so uh yeah i love, love peewee's big adventure big top peewee not as much <laughs> no no uh nathan what about you oh uh it was just very fun just seeing everyone uh getting introduced to everyone um i don't know, I, I i uh plucky was very funny yes uh <laughs> There are a few other little errors in this one, and I gotta say, just for the in general, the animation is a little weird. It's inconsistent, I would say, in this episode. Sometimes it looks really good, and then other times I'm watching it, and um, it, you know, the mouths are 
oh, the mouths are weird, I think. In the scenes where they're getting drawn at the very beginning, especially, they just have these very wide, open, you know, flappy mouths, um, which kind of looked weird. But other times it looked pretty good. I will say, though, in the second part, there are some weird inconsistencies. Like when they say, everybody, you're allowed in. And Montana Max runs in. He's part of the line of characters. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. He, doesn't, he hasn't even been introduced yet. So He's still trapped in a box. Still trapped in a box. <laughs> Maybe it was his good twin was let in or something. I'm not exactly Maybe. sure. Uh, plus, Furball is in the line in that scene after the deleted, well, for you guys, deleted scene where he's already put back in. So there is some inconsistencies in that, in this episode, or at least the second part that made me go, huh? But other than that, it was good. Well, let's go and wrap it up for the third part here. So the third part is they're, you know, they're in trouble. They, they don't know what to do, but so Bugs Bunny jumps off the wall in the animator's office and says, I'm going to help you out. He, quickly paints uh, Acme Luniversity right in the middle of uh, their Acme Acres map, and they all jump down, and of course we find out that Acme Luniversity, I love this line, is the Institute of Higher Learning and Lower Comedy. Go, They go inside, and they see all the different uh, classic Looney Tunes characters are all teaching stuff inside the uh, L- Luniversity. They sing a, a pretty uh, cool song. Um, it's relatively catchy. Our faculty is like no others. The Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers now will proudly demonstrate tricks to help you animate. It's wild cakes. Exploding cakes. And they'll dropping. The one part that I remember, uh, this is what I was saying, Nathan, that there was a part that we said something pretty immature, at least maybe Mm -hmm. it was me and just our our brother Clay. Uh, They said, uh, you know, you'll do fine if you use your smarts or something like that in this song. Thank you, Bugs, from both our hearts. You'll be okay if you use your smarts. And I remember me and my brother said, farts and we thought it was <laughs> funny oh man did we think it was funny <laughs> and for some reason that's still in my head uh almost 30 years later i can still remember ha 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 uh anyway there was uh they, they basically uh, learn they should go and trick montana max to get the scripts back and dress up in costumes costumes are always something that kind of tricks them so they go there dressed up as Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam, who Montana Max idolizes. Wow, Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd, my heroes. I wish I could. Congratulations for getting rid of those vomits. How'd you do it? Did you flatten them like this? No! Or did you spoil them like this? What did you do with that face? How about this? And then a burrito is good. And what about this? They go up and find the scripts and steal them and run out. But that's not before Montana Max releases a huge Raiders of the Lost Ark type boulder coin. 
<laughs> chase that rolls after them. It chases them all throughout the uh, mansion, and uh, Montana Max's mansion, I should say, and eventually loops back and squishes Montana Max. And so they get the scripts back, and at the very end, they give all the scripts, of course, to the animator, who comes in the very next morning with a brand new show to pitch. He pitches it to the studio executive. The executive loves it. And so now he has a show. Buster and Babs say, you know, hey, could you could you do us a favor and give us a created by credit in the in the credits? And he says, yeah, right. They proceed to attack the animator and we go to credits. And wouldn't you know it, our first gag credit of the series is created by Buster and Babs. So they did get a created by credit in the end after all. So nice. good news, good news. Well, there are a few, uh, you know, quick little things. First of all, another deleted scene in this, I believe. Uh, Go-Go Dodo is popping out of the water tower. Not the water tower. That's, a, that's our other show. Uh, he pops out <laughs> of uh, Acme University and says, Cuckoo, you've got parsley and fudge, but you're running out of time. That little cuckoo part was cut out. There's a one little thing that kind of looks a little weird for me. Wiley Coyote in this part and during the song is colored gray, which did look weird. But um, other than that, that's that's pretty much it for for references. I mean, what did you guys like about uh, this final part of the episode, Nathan? Let's start with you. Ooh, um, I like the whole Raiders of the Lost arc thing. That was a lot of fun. You took um, my answer. um and just going to the school uh was a lot of fun um i just remember that liking that a lot as um as a a little little child watching the show (laughs) yeah like oh they have to go to school too i have to do that um (laughs) yeah uh and that the song was a lot of fun it was it was an enjoyable scene (laughs) i like the part where um my favorite part of that song is with Daffy spitting on Plucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, that part I particularly liked. These classes ducks will find appealing, like, for instance, spotlight stealing. It's mine, it's mine, woohoo, what luck? Gasp, my hero, Daffy Duck. Even though you're kind of little, I'll teach you how to spray your spittle. Anyone got a chamois? Uh, Kelly, what about you? I thought the outfits were funny. Oh, uh, which ones? Oh, the oh, oh the yeah. Elmer Fudd and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also liked it when Bugs uh, uh, did the Tasmanian Devil uh, <laughs> outfit, and uh, Buster and Baz were like quaking in fear. Yeah. It was a. It was, that was a funny scene, and he puts on that uh, Daffy Duck bill uh, very quickly too, which uh, surprisingly how uh, articulate he can be with that weird duck bill on his face um, <laughs> it looked a little weird uh so yeah it was a it was a cute uh you know episode all in all a uh, lot of good stuff in it i think we should go ahead and well i gotta i gotta mention one weird thing why did but did, is it just me or did you notice like buster and babs run out the door after being chased by the coin and it looks like they just escaped the door and then they for some reason they went back into the mansion to see montana max get squished that part kind of confused me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ooh, they finally made it out, and the coin is now coming back to squish Max. But 
Buster and Babs are subtly on the balcony looking down upon him. And I'm thinking, so why did they come back in? They just had to go back in and see him get squished. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so, well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. All right, you two. It's our first episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. How many water towers would you give this episode on a scale of one to five? Nathan, let's start with you. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I'll say uh, three and a half. I'll say three and a half. Uh, it's a good intro, meeting everyone, um, and it was overall very enjoyable. And I, I just, I, as, a, as a starting point, I'll do this one, basically, and I'll... I'll judge everyone after this one based on this episode, I guess. So if it's, I don't want to give it a five, obviously. Uh, we all three know what episode is going to be a five. <laughs> Say that one more time, Kelly. I said we all know what episode is going to be a five. Oh, I think we all know what. Well, we'll have to talk. A four about or that. a five. Four or a five. <laughs> well, Kelly, how many water towers would you give this episode? This is difficult for me because there is a bar that I set for Tiny Toon Adventures episodes um we won't get into that right now because that's another episode but um that's where the bar is set so this does not meet that bar but i guess as an introductory episode i'll give it a three uh you know average it was not super super funny but it was an interesting introduction to the characters it uh again since it's been a while since i've seen tiny tunes it was kind of nice to to revisit the show and brought back all sorts of nostalgic warm fuzzy feelings um but uh but yeah since this is kind of where we're starting i'm gonna start with with uh an average but uh because i know there are better episodes out there oh, waiting exactly to be yes <laughs> well uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it uh three and a half i would actually almost give it a four However, uh, I just think the animation got in the way a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a three and a half. It was a good episode. It was funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the, uh, the episodes will continue to uh, share and talk about in the future and see where those lie. Well, next week, instead of talking about another episode of Tiny Tunes, we're jumping over to... Pinky and the Brain, Episode 1, Season 1. So you can get out your Pinky and the Brain DVDs, and we're going to be talking about that. So until then, let's go ahead and share real quick some listener feedback. And that came to us in the form of a positive review on iTunes. Nathan, can you tell us what our positive review was? It says, uh, the one and only... Uh, this podcast is entertaining and educational. It is really hard to find a podcast that is entertaining while being safe for work. And this is one of the best. I hope they continue to talk about other Warner Brothers shows like Duck Dodgers or Hysteria! Exclamation point. Well, that's because Hysteria has an exclamation point at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, some of, uh, like, there's Freakazoid! Exclamation mark. And Hysteria! Exclamation mark. Uh, mm -hmm. there is, uh, this was a five-star review and this came from a listener whose username on iTunes is Stargate Pegasus and Stargate Pegasus is in Canada. Way up, in, way up north, eh? 
We have <laughs> we have some very awesome listeners in Canada. Of course, Curtis Finley was one of them, and uh, Malik is another one. Um, Curtis won our Good Feathers uh, Q fig. We hope that we're, we hope that got to him safely. It's going to be a great piece to his collection. But thank you so much to Stargate Pegasus and to all of our listeners. And if you'd like to go ahead and leave a positive review for us, you can do so over on iTunes. And we will share them on the show, um, as long as they're not mean. <laughs> and if they're, of course, a five-star <laughs> one, you're automatically, of course, in, uh, enrolled for some different contests and stuff. And I think next week, remind me, we're going to go ahead and pick another uh, person at random. And uh, we'll send a, a few Animaniacs decals out to somebody. So, yeah, why not? So, if you have a five-star review in, uh, we will put you in the running for future contests well before we get close up shop i'm going to go ahead and go over to a previously recorded segment from me where i'm going to share a few emails for rob paulson is one of the nicest people on earth okay it's time for our rob paulson is one of the nicest people on earth segments and today we have a couple emails for you First one here comes from Heather, and the subject says, Rob Paulson is the nicest person on Earth. Just had the pleasure of meeting Rob about three weeks ago after the Animaniacs Live in Colorado. Meeting him was literally like meeting all the best parts of my childhood, but in real, tangible form, in the form of one of the most talented actors on the planet. To say I was nervous is an understatement. Mr. Paulson was beyond kind and gracious, let me and let me ramble on about motorcycles and TMNT. And when he apologized for not remembering what kind of motorcycle I rode from our brief contact on Twitter in the months prior, someone could have knocked me over with a feather at that point. How could he apologize to me for not remembering such a small detail about a stranger, just a fan? And then I realized he doesn't see his fans as just fans. He genuinely sees us as individuals who support his work and the sincere thankfulness he feels to be doing his work manifests into waves of kindness flowing directly from him to each of us on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the stage or if one is lucky enough on the other side of the table at a meet and greet. With love and much respect, Heather, who is on Twitter at at Moto Voyager. So thank you so much, Heather. And now we have a voice message from Beatrice. As a child, I've always been really, really into cartoons. I didn't really make a lot of friends or anything like that, mostly because I was like really shy and awkward. But for some reason, I've always connected to cartoons more than any other other kids. I don't know. It just felt like cartoons were like really, they don't judge you or they don't think you're weird because they're like probably just as weird as you or maybe even more. And, you know, when I was little, I never thought about who made the voices or anything like that. But when I found out that cartoons aren't real, they are played by some other actor, I guess I got just, I just got fascinated by the idea of someone, you know, bringing my favorite characters to life. And growing up, I noticed that some cartoons had this familiar tone or familiar sound to them. And I think it was like Lunatics Unleashed that I became really, really obsessed with the character Rev Runner. And I looked up the voice actor and it was Rob Paulson. And so I'm like, okay, what, what else did he do? And 
I was just shocked to find out that he voiced like a million characters from my childhood. And so I started like watching, re-watching more of his shows, more of his cartoons. And it's like, oh my gosh, he sounds like a really fun guy. I, I wish I could meet him one of these days. Like, luckily for me, Salt Lake Comic Con happened and they said they were going to bring Rob Paulson and Jess Harnell to meet and greet their fans. And I'm like, okay, I definitely need to go meet them because, you know, everybody has been talking about how nice they were and what a blast they are at conventions. So I only got a ticket for um, one day at the convention. So I got there, I got the schedule programming, and they were going to do like this panel for Animaniacs, you know, Rob Paulson and Jess Harnell. So I was, I was waiting in line to enter the panel, and coming down the hallway was Jess Harnell and Rob Paulson, and just seeing them up close in real life, it's like, gosh, wow. I, that's all I kept on saying. Wow. Wow. Because it was them. We entered the, the room and they did the panel. And, you know, normally I'm very, very shy and not willing to talk to other people. But I felt this time I need to, like, tell them how much I appreciate them. And so I stood up and went to the microphone and told them that I was, like, really happy for them. That they were here and they inspired a lot of people. And they were so nice, and and they even complimented my my drawing that I did of Rev Runner. And and later on, when I went to meet Rob Paulson, I said I was so lucky to I felt so lucky to have met him, and I never thought that I would have met him. And I asked him to do his Rev Runner voice because this was you know this was the character I you know grew fond of and loved even when watching Lunatics Unleashed and he just did the voice and it was it was so amazing because it was Rev Runner right there I was like grinning like an idiot and smiling just witnessing Rob Paulson do the voice of a character I personally loved and so I just felt blessed to have met him and in the next convention, it was like Rob Paulson, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil, and Maurice LaMarche came to Salt Lake Comic Con for an Animaniacs panel. And of course, I went there, and there was this one person who, uh, when she went up to the microphone, said that, that Pinky was like a really positive role model for like kids with, with autism and stuff like that. And I just felt like really touched because like, my shyness and my insecurity of others i it turns out i have like a mild case of asperger's so um connecting with real people and others was really 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 hard for me and i don't i i was basically like pinky i misunderstand people i can't understand when people are getting are sarcastic towards me and I don't know, it's, it just felt really, really emotional for me to have, like, someone, a character that I love, be, like, part of the same spectrum as me. So afterwards, I went down to Rob Paulson's um, booth or table, and I told him, hey, I just heard that question, and I just want to say that I felt really, really touched that you did the voice of a character who I can relate to now, and I'm just so emotional meeting you, and... 
I'm just so happy meeting you. You're like my childhood. You're my hero. And he was so nice. He just like took like took my cheeks and wiped away my tears. And it's like, oh, sweet. You know, just calling me sweetie. And, you know, ugh. it was like really, really emotional for me. And it was also really emotional for me when I found out that he had like throat cancer. But and because, you know, um, we lost we lost our dog to cancer as well. And even though it's not as big as like a, like a human family member dying from cancer, it still feels like a loss. So hearing that he had cancer and learning that he beat it and and is like doing so good and doing such good in the world, making people laugh. It's just, uh, I just get so emotional about him. And he's like one of my favorite like actors ever. And I really appreciate him. I love him. And I just hope one day I will get to meet him again. And I will get my sister to meet him as well. So she can just go up to him and be like, my sister never shuts up about you. That's my story, and love the podcast. See, I'll see you guys. Okay, bye. Thank you so much, Beatrice, for that voice message. And if you happen to have a story of your own about Rob Paulson, send it on over to Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And we'll be sharing some more of these stories again next week. So those are our emails. Thank you so much. Of course, if you want to send in some emails to us about Rob Paulson... You can send them in to Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. Let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people reach you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter. Uh, DjangoFT, that's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter. You go to Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Or you can email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and of course, we're over at RetroZap.com, where you can see an archive of all of our previous shows. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. And hey, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us, animaniacast at RetroZap.com, or you can join our Discord channel, which is discord.animaniacast.com. That will give you a welcome link so you can join the Discord. Uh, I'm sorry. That will give you a welcome link so you can join the RetroZap Discord channel where you can talk to not only us, but all the other podcasters and writers for RetroZap. There are so many different podcasts for RetroZap, and whether it is Star Wars or comic books or movies or video games or just pop culture in general, there's always something at RetroZap that we are covering and we are a proud member of the RetroZap network and community. So come on over to the Discord channel. We have a lot of our listeners over there, and uh, we're having some really good discussions about Animaniacs or really anything else in between. So that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. 
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. I've made up a list of everything needed for a hit show. Let's do Tiny Toons instead. Right.